we are circumference people. Here's what I mean by that. A circle is a circle because it has two correlating points. You have the center and then an equal distance from the center in all 360 degrees. That is the circumference. And we are circumference people, but we shouldn't be. And that's what we need to confess of and from this Lenten season. God wants us to be people who live from the center, but we are circumference people. God wants us to be rooted and whole, and we can be if we live out of the deep love found at the center of our lives. And when we operate from this place, that's the place where we feel welcomed and known and whole. The place where we feel forgiven and loved. The center is the most honest, most vulnerable, and most deeply held place. The center is where we find God. But we are circumference people. Think about a circumference. It's the shallower, showier edge. It's the point furthest from the center while still being in the circle. It's calling yourself a Christian but changing nothing about your ordinary life. It's being able to quote the Bible but living in a way in which no one would think you have ever followed it. It's out here on the circumference that people feel unloved and unknown. That's why they're out there. They're searching, they're hunting for more, and they're looking outward into the world to fulfill that ache. And this Lenten season, we need to see the ways in which we stand on the edge. And we need to ask ourselves, why are we out here? Why do we sin? Why are we pulled further and away from our center? More than likely, it's because we hope what is out there is going to be more valuable than what we think we've discovered in here. But that's a spiritual trap. And I think you know that. We all know that. But we still continue to live on the circumference. It's easier. We substitute spiritual for superficial. We want quick and easy instead of challenging and thought-provoking. And for that, we need to repent. In 2014, Dove, the soap company, released a video that's called Different Realities. In three minutes, Dove films a handful of women and men who have to describe themselves to a sketch artist who's sitting behind a curtain. The sketch artist uses your own individual words about your chin and your neck and your elbows and describe exactly the way you describe yourself. The interviewees then are asked to describe that other person that was sitting with them in the green room, the next person that's to come into the room to be drawn. So you're asked to draw your, or to describe yourself to be drawn, and then you're asked to describe a complete stranger. The overall purpose is to get two pictures of you. One that's drawn the way you describe you, and one that's drawn the way a stranger describes you. The results move you to tears. When, we ask, when we're asked to describe ourselves, 
We use words like wretched and wrinkly and protruding and pimply, while others describe us as soft, pleasant, strong, lovely, smooth. In three minutes, Dove illustrates something that takes a lifetime for us to learn. We carry false views of ourselves. We don't see us as God sees us. We think we're uglier than we really are. We think we're more sinful than we really are. And this is exactly why we stand at the circumference. Because we don't see us as God sees us. We think we're too ugly to turn towards the center. We think we're too sinful to return to the center. We don't think we belong there. And that kind of self-rejection, it's what keeps us from experiencing a deeper inner life. It's what keeps us on the circumference. And if this is any of you, I am sorry. I'm sorry that you've had to create lies to make yourself feel like you can belong in your own body. I'm sorry if you constantly feel beaten down or overrun or less than. Because hear me say it's not your fault. You simply have been listening to the voices of the world that pull you further and further from your center. This is all the world knows how to do, but it has mastered the ability to do it. And this is what I mean by saying we are circumference people. We are people drawn to and listen to the voices of the world telling us to come further out. To reject those parts of us on the inside. And we need to stop listening to those voices. What the world tells you about yourself is a lie. It wants you to feel worthless and alone so you'll be open to more temptation. And I think the Luke 4 devil knows this. That's why he stays with Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days. He's trying to wear him down. So as the story goes in Luke 4, Jesus is led out for 40 days and is tempted three times by the devil. The first temptation, Jesus should turn stones into bread. But Jesus responds with scripture. We don't live by bread alone. The second temptation is that the devil goes up to a high peak to oversee all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil says to Jesus that he will give Jesus the authority. If Jesus just bows down and worships the devil, Jesus will become the ruler over all the kingdoms of the world. Jesus responds by saying we worship God alone. The third temptation is that Jesus goes up onto a rooftop in Jerusalem and is asked to do a backflip off of it. And the angels of the Lord will catch Jesus just inches before his heel strikes the ground. Jesus responds to the devil, do not put your Lord God to the test. And the devil leaves him for an opportune time. I love this story. For so many reasons, but mainly it helps personify the voices of the world that draw us to the circumference. As most of you know, one of my favorite theologians is Henry Nouwen. He has a book that is honestly follows these same three temptations. And it's called In the Name of Jesus. 
He takes the same three temptations that Jesus faces in Luke 4, and he shows how all three of those still inflict us today. And his three ways of breaking this down is genius. So I want to show you what he says and show you how it still connects with us today. Jesus' first temptation, turning stones into bread. For Henry Nouwen, this is the temptation to be relevant. Turning stones into bread is a good idea. Who wouldn't want to feed the hungry? How's this a problem? It would solve world hunger in an instant. But Jesus' response shows that this is the showier temptation from the world that entices us to move out into the circumference. The temptation that Jesus faces is just like what the world does to us today. We're tempted to be relevant, to know the headlines or the latest trends or what celebrities like to follow, the rush of knowing the answer to all the one-liner jokes. It becomes so addicting that we feed it into our own psyche. We follow the same groups of people on Facebook and Twitter, awaiting the chance to showcase our relevancy to the people we want to admire us. Yet Jesus' response to the devil is, you're talking as if life is only lived in the physical. There's a spiritual realm that we cannot overlook. We also live on the word of God. I'll be honest, as a pastor, the hardest temptation to avoid is this temptation to be relevant. I want to be seen as someone who has it all together. So I wear a suit and tie and typically button it when I'm around you. I want you to think that I'm competent. I set things up in a way that you'll think that I know what I'm talking about. I want you to call me when your life is falling apart. When you're in a crisis. I want to be relevant. But the energy behind this motive is the energy to be relevant, to be seen, to be known. And Jesus' response to this temptation is perfect. We don't live on bread alone. Now, we do very much live on bread, and we very much need to feed hungry people. And Jesus very much feeds hungry people, and he preaches that you should feed hungry people. But you can't do it alone. We can't give in to the temptation that that's all we have to do. There's a spiritual dimension to this life that has to be taken seriously too. And when Jesus does this, he shows us how we can turn from our circumference and start heading back towards the center. The first temptation that we all face is the temptation to be relevant. The second is the temptation to be powerful. The devil takes Jesus up into the tops of the world and shows him all the kingdoms before him and says, this can all be yours. You can be king over every kingdom if you just bow down and worship me. For now, we says we all face this temptation to be powerful too. The rush of being in charge. The rush of winning. Politics illustrates this to perfection. You see the temptation manifest itself in every candidate that feels called by God to step into more power. 
And honestly, this kind of power, it's more than politics. It's in every aspect of our lives. We have power dynamics that emerge within families and work and your friends. This temptation to be powerful, it hits us the hardest when we feel like we have no power. And that someone who doesn't deserve the power they have, have more than what we have. The temptation to be powerful, it's what drives demagoguery. It's the belief that with more control and more power and more authority given unto me, then more good can unfold in the world. But that's a lie. And we're watching it firsthand on the news between Russia and Ukraine. This is the world telling you to pull yourself out further into the circumference. The wider the circle goes, the more power you have and the more people are at your control. And Jesus' response to this, it is simple and profound. No, I don't want this kind of power. I come to offer humility, not authority. I come to offer peace, not war. I want you to take your swords and beat them into plowshares. I come to offer the world a glimpse of divine love, not power. And in that moment, we see Jesus turn from the circumference and head back towards the center. Every day we're faced with the temptation to be powerful. How you wield the power you have matters. How you choose to offer grace and humility in a direct, is a direct reflection of the inner voice that you listen to or you don't. My hope is that you'll be willing to give up power to better understand love. The world wants you to be powerful. God wants you to be loved. That second temptation is the temptation we all face to gain more power. The third is when Jesus is taken up on a rooftop, he's asked to do a backflip and the angels of the Lord will catch him just moments before his heel strikes the ground. For now and This is the same temptation we face, and it's the temptation to be spectacular. And it's one that we all collide with every single day. The temptation to show off or to show out, it is all around us. To gain the attention and the fame of those around us. To be the biggest organization or the best church or the smartest person or the bravest friend or the coolest in the group. The most daring among us. It's so enticing. Where I'm born and raised in Nashville or just right outside of Nashville. There's a church that a few years ago just finished a million dollar project for their youth group. They built a 40-foot waterfall so their youth could get baptized in it. That's no joke. Even churches give in to the temptation to be spectacular. The spectacle is more important than the spiritual development. If more people can come view the spectacle, then God is good and money comes and all of that is a lie. And we see Jesus turn from the circumference a third time and head back to the center when he says we don't play by these rules. So the way to avoid it, 
is to realize that you are made for God's glory, not your own. It's not about our skill sets or how we use them to further the work of Christ. It's partnering with what God is doing in the world. And the problem with the world's temptations is that it preaches we should be more and more and more. You have competitors bearing down on you, so you need to make sure and do more. You have to stay one step ahead of the game, so you need to do more. Your business could double if you just do more. Your product will sell faster if you just do more. Your career will advance faster if you just do more. It's the way that business and sports and marketing flow. But from a Christian standpoint, this worldview is ridiculous. It's flawed. The circumference is shallow and showy in all of the wrong ways. But it is enticing. And you're going to have to do the hard work to repent from the circumference and move back towards the center. But I get it. All three of these temptations are tough. They pull at our heartstrings, at our emotions, at our motives, to get out on the circumference. But we can move back towards the center if we reclaim the truth of who we really are. We are God's beloved. And you don't have to do a dang thing in this world to prove it. God is at your center. You just have to repent and go back to it. You just have to repent And go back to it. And when you do, you will discover a voice that tells you you are fearfully, wonderfully, beautifully made. Just as you are. And you already belong. Just as you are. You're already being held by the one who loves most deeply. So turn to your center. Repent this Lenten season. And be whole. It's time we all get recentered.